0: Everybody's got to eat. And nobody likes getting sick. That's why heroes toil in the shadows, keeping your food safe at all points, from the supply chain to the point of sale. Join industry veterans Francine L. Shaw and Matt Ragucci for a deep dive into food safety. It all boils down to
1: one golden rule. Don't eat poop. Don't eat poop. Hello, Francine. Hi, Matt. (laughs) There's no ghost in your... In Your office, Francie,
0: not saying there is, but I'm just telling you, <laughs> I, I don't have that door just fall off my hinges with that thing still down through there.
1: Uh, so funny, okay. So, listeners, I don't know if you believe the way I do, but I tell my kids all the time and everybody, like, people who see ghosts believe in ghosts. If you don't believe in ghosts, you'll never see a ghost. <laughs> Francine <laughs> thinks that her office is haunted. You know, what, you know what? Probably someone died of foodborne illness and then went into your office.
0: Could be. I don't know.
1: And isn't haunting you? They're trying to help you. It'd be easier to use a restroom if there was no door in the way. Okay, so we're we're joking around. Uh, this was obviously a conversation we were having prior to filming. But all jokes aside, some people lost their lives this last week.
0: They did. And that is not a joking manner.
1: No. And in the most brutal way I could think of is a foodborne illness like listerosis.
0: Well, you know, especially when it's like a hundred, it's preventable, you know, it's like, it is so preventable. And you know, I get super irritated about this because it's because people weren't doing their job.
1: Yeah. You get irritated about this particular topic in this particular instance, I should say, because you basically spent your whole entire life training people not to do this or how not to do this. Well, and so we should give a context. What happened? Right. So in Tacoma, Washington, right?
0: Right. I'm always afraid of giving, you know, misinformation. I don't want to get anything wrong. I want to be exactly right. Yeah. Washington state milkshakes were the source of the listeriosis outbreak. And six people, I believe, got sick. It might yep. be more than that now. Three of them have died. Three of these people have died. And what it boils down to, uh, we saw the original article in Food Safety News, which is where we get, you know, a lot of the information. But later I read in a CNN article that it was because the milkshake machine wasn't being cleaned properly. Now, you know, Jonathan, who follows us and posts a lot of information on Sunday, had said, so what do you think could cause this? And you know, my comment to him was, you know, I spent a lot of time cleaning these machines and teaching people how to clean these machines. And some of the older machines, I'm not sure what the new ones are like, but some of the older machines had over a hundred pieces. What? That you had to clean. When you took these machines apart and cleaned them, there were over a hundred machines. Hundred pieces. I'm sorry. Yeah, a hundred pieces to these machines. You didn't want to let just the average person clean these machines because they were very intricate. You know, it was a lot of responsibility. And, you know, you had this petrogel um, that you, it was a a food safe lubricant that you had to use to put the machines back together. Very difficult to get off whenever you tried to wash these machines. After you cleaned them, you took the machine, drained the machine, you took it apart, cleaned the machine, you had to let the machine air dry overnight before it was put back together. My rule was that only assistant managers And managers were allowed to clean these machines because you didn't want it to be done improperly because if it was, you would risk a high bacteria count. Now, at that time in the state of Pennsylvania, dessert machines, frozen dessert machines had to be tested on a regular basis. And if you got more than a couple high bacteria counts, bad tests in a certain period of time, they would shut down your
1: dessert machine and you wouldn't be allowed to use it. How frequently would they test? And how were the, was it just swabs?
0: Remember that, you know, it was been a while since I did this. I want to think that they did, if my memory serves me correctly, in Pennsylvania, we were tested quarterly And they would take a sample of the frozen dessert from the machine. They would do the milkshake machine and the ice cream machine. They would take the frozen sample. They would take it back to the lab. And they.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Wow. And so Listeria is an interesting one.
0: Now, wait a minute. Let's go back because I also worked in, you know, other states. Other states did not do this. Huh. It wasn't tested. Now, you know, if the machine wasn't cleaned properly, if you didn't break the cycle, Meaning that if you didn't empty your product mix, different states had different roles. So in Pennsylvania, again, this we're talking years ago. I've been out of the out of that part of the industry at this point for almost twenty years. In Maryland, I believe at that point, we had to break the cycle once a week. I think, you know, it was even longer ago since I worked in Pennsylvania. And,
1: and what does break the cycle mean?
0: Meaning that you had to throw the mix away. Got
1: it. So when you would clean it or whatever you would or you would throw the mix away.
0: You would throw your mix away. We called it remix and start with fresh mix. Now in Pennsylvania, we would do it twice a week. In Maryland, we had the law was we had to do it once a week, and that would help reduce the risk of you know a high bacteria account yeah. or somebody getting sick. I don't know you know what the rules are in Washington. I don't know if those rules have been. I just read. I think um, this week that Pennsylvania was in the process of repealing the rule for testing because the machines have changed over the years. Uh, But some of those older machines are still out there, I'm certain. Yeah. So I have seen people use hairbreads to (laughs) pull those O-rings off. They're difficult to get off. You know, you have a lot of those little black gaskets and O-rings to get off. I've seen people use O-rings to get them off or or hairbreads to get those O-rings off. You know, I've seen a lot of different things happen. The bread racks that they use, they would use bread racks to store the pieces on so that the water could drain off of them. not going to tell you that they washed or instant sanitized those bread racks that they were (laughs) storing those machine parts on for them to air dry overnight, which kind of is counterintuitive. You know, when you think about it, because you just washed, or and sanitized all the parts for the machine, now you're going to lay them on dirty bread racks to air dry overnight, and then you're going to put it together the next day. Now, I'm not going to say everybody does this, but I've certainly seen that done. Yeah. So, again, you know, who, who takes the machine apart? Who puts it back together? How's it done? Is it done properly? All that increases the risk of contaminating Contamination of the product is put back into those machines.
1: Yeah, or how often it is done? Like, like,
0: how often it's done? We've we've talked endlessly about this book that I wrote that's soon to be published. I have some milkshake machine stories in that book, there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> which is so which is so hard because um, first off, the, the the restaurant is Frugal's Burger Restaurant uh, in Tacoma, Washington. I think they're cha- there are chain and. We've talked about Listeria a lot Listeria is in the environment and Listeria is, is everywhere. It's ubiquitous everywhere. So humans, your average human being can consume a little bit of Listeria and be perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot exposure to a lot of uh, Listeria at the same time, really for, for, for you to get Listerosis. And to have a 50% mortality rate, six people getting sick and three people dying, that means they had a lot. And, and listeria doesn't die in frozen temperatures, but it doesn't exactly thrive either in frozen temperatures. So they must have had like the cold chain broken a couple of times as well to allow that much listeria to grow in their machines. It's pretty sad, which is, you know, it, and probably the reason why McDonald's is always out, <laughs> you know, like you're only going to McDonald's. You're like, I want to, it's 90 degrees outside. You're like, I want one of your soft serve ice creams. They're like, nah, you can't, but
0: no. I want to say two things. First of all, some people are more susceptible than others. Yep. I don't know. I haven't seen who the people were that got sick or died. You know, were they part of the highly susceptible populations? You know, were they elderly? Were they pregnant women? You know, were They, um, you know, people who had pre-existing conditions, we don't, I don't know that from anything that I've read thus far, those people are going to be more susceptible. They're going to have to consume less Listeria to get sick than the average person. Right. To your point. The other thing is you're right. (laughs) Oftentimes I feel like when you're told that, you know, the machine's not working, they're tearing it down and cleaning it because to be done right, that machine that we cleaned took an hour to do it right, sometimes more than an hour. You don't want to be there an hour, an hour and a half after closing to clean that machine. We went last night on our way home to a restaurant and we were going to get a milkshake and we're, they're like, I'm sorry, but we're out a mix. We don't have chocolate milkshake tonight. And I said, any milkshake with any milkshake. No, I'm sorry, we don't have any milkshakes. And I'm like, oh, they're cleaning that milkshake machine
1: early. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, because I, and that's when you when you were explaining this, that's actually a huge investment in terms of labor. Like, if across the chain the same policy existed that you had to have a higher value employee, like an assistant manager, manager, to perform this task at least once a week. And you're spending an hour breaking it down and cleaning it, sanitizing it. And the next morning, someone's spending 20 minutes putting it all together. That's a lot of labor. And I remember at Starbucks, the mantra was control your controllables. And labor was one of the top three controllables that we had to manage. And that would have been miserable for me as a manager at Starbucks.
0: Oh, it's always labor, food cost. I mean, you know, oh, and you've, you're hitting both with these machines. You oh, know?
1: right. Cause you're chucking, you're chucking a percentage of those, of that product.
0: So that's the other thing, you know, the nights that you have to break the cycle, get rid of this mix. You want to run out of mix. You don't want to throw away.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, okay, just to just, that might be good advice. If if there is a special for milkshakes or soft served ice cream, maybe you shouldn't take it. Like if they're like 50% no. off your milkshake tonight, that'd be like, nah, it's okay. I'll no, pass. no, no,
0: no, not necessarily because it just means that they're there. You're still using, you're replenishing that mix throughout the week, you know, throughout the day, multiple times a day. You just run to run that mix down really low because you're not going to refill that machine so that you can throw that, you know, five o'clock at night, six o'clock at night. You know, your business is going to start to slow down. We're not going to start pumping in five gallons of liquid, knowing that we're going to throw that mix away tonight because we have to clean this machine. Yeah. And tonight's the night we're throwing it away. We're not going to be dumping product in there so that we can throw it away when we clean the machine tonight.
1: In terms of risk, see, like... Fast food in terms of risk. Is that soft serve and that milkshake, is that the probably the highest risk problem potentially within the restaurants itself? Like I'm not talking about a supply chain issue, like um, yeah. a, a beef patty having E. coli in it before you even receive it, or or chicken having salmonella in it, or lettuce having E. coli or something like that in it. I'm talking about restaurant policies. Is that probably the high risk? I wouldn't think it would be the highest risk. No. What would be the highest risk in a restaurant?
0: My opinion, I would think it would be, well, I mean, of course it's going to depend on your menu. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? And what you're, what you're selling, it depends on your menu items. The highest risk is employee not washing their hands. Oh, that's <laughs> hygiene. Yeah. That's your highest risk is personal hygiene employees. Not, you know, yeah. that's your highest risk. Because norovirus is the number one foodborne illness.
1: Yep. And uh, just like we were talking about last week, noro man, both sides, not good. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So in terms of policy-wise, controlling behavior of employees in terms of processes of washing hands and that type of stuff is is the biggest risk. Yeah. Which goes back to like even like Bill um, Waller talks about pushing um, hepatitis A vaccines. Mm-hmm. So it could be norovirus, it could be hepatitis, a myriad of don't different poop. problems coming from that. <laughs> that's
0: what it all comes back to.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we should create a a podcast on that.
0: We should. <laughs> I think it would be great. Because that's what it all boils down to. <gasps> uh,
1: don't eat poop. Yeah. It's so yeah. But this one wasn't this one wasn't poop it was just not, not one. cleaning the machines and and we've had that conversation a few times like the the nacho cheese listeria that was botulism oh that was botulism you're right i am
0: kind of here to keep you on track <laughs>
1: wow I think my wife says that exact same line every single week <laughs> It's a full-time job for both of us. <laughs> or I wouldn't mean every week, probably every day. She says that to me. You're the one who says it to me every week. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Filling in for, you know, when she's working overnight.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of wife, she sent us that the next topic, right? She did. She did. So if we
0: wait, let's finish the first one. So yes, let's. You've got again keeping you on track. We've
1: got <laughs> totally.
0: Usually, somebody's got to keep me on track. So this is it's new what day. we have, Joe and
1: Melissa for. <laughs>
0: um. So yeah, it's super important that these machines get cleaned properly. That the cycles break with the mix. You know, wash, rinse, sanitize, air dry, put them back together properly. Make sure that the people are properly trained not just on the principles and the policies and procedures of putting them back together, but the education of why this is important. You know, it, I feel like, you know, we talked about the botulism and the nacho cheese machines, but, you know, there were people that thought, oh, you can't get sick from the nacho cheese machines. Nobody's ever right. been sick from the nacho cheese. You can't get sick from the nacho cheese machines. The same thing with the ice cream. How many people think that this really isn't that relevant? Nobody's get, Nobody ever gets sick from the milkshake machines. Nobody ever gets sick from the soft serve machines. Same mentality. You can indeed get sick and die from these machines if it's not done properly, if they're not taken care of properly. So the training, and again, I always talk about training and education being two different things. Um, you need to train and you need to educate and you need to explain why this is important. And a lot of that, is missing um, in the training, in the training um, programs. I think frequently. Yes. Anyway, so now that I've said that, let's talk about what Tracy. Thank you, Tracy, for for sending us.
1: <laughs> it's like two weeks in a row.
0: <laughs> I love supportive spouses. I'm telling you.
1: <laughs> no, your your husband's just like. Ah, oh, you guys are just playing. My wife is giving us topics to play with.
0: Well, in all fairness, he does. He does on occasion say, "Hey, this would be a good. This would be a good topic." So (laughs) I don't give him him credit. (laughs) You give your wife full credit. (laughs) You need to be better.
1: (laughs) You do. You do. I do. My love language is words of affirmation. So there you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So prime energy drink. The FDA has been asked to investigate Logan Paul's prime energy drink. And this is interesting because prime energy just kind of popped up. Like my kids, we, and I, and I take my, I take my kids when we go to sports or we do any school events or anything like that, any doctor's appointments that have shots or any excuse, really, we'll, we'll stop by the convenience store and get some treats or whatever. And The Prime Energy popped up, and I thought, well, okay, it's like a Gatorade or whatever. And the more I looked into it, the more I was like, "Eh, kids, yeah, we're not going to be, we're not going to be drinking this. And this, this has been months ago that I was like, no, this is, this is not, this is not Gatorade. Okay, this is way different than Gatorade. But uh, the FDA has been asked to investigate Prime Energy because of the amount of caffeine in it. And a, a couple months ago, I think I told you this, Francine forever, that one of the things I nerd out on is like watching YouTube videos or really diving deep into different food companies and different food brands and different food products and just really understanding as much as possible about the the different parts of our energy uh, industry. And there was a great video on Prime Energy and the sports drink Prime and the difference between it and Gatorade. And... Gatorade is really high in sodium, which is what you would need if you work out a lot, right? Because you sweat out a lot more sodium than other minerals. And prime energy is actually lower in those electrolytes that you need as you're working out and higher in the ones that you don't need as much of. So it's actually counterbalancing what you really need if you're doing intense workouts. And I have a couple of sons that, that, that do pretty intense workouts. And so I was having conversations with them about it. But the reason why FDA is – they're being asked to look at this is not because of the electrolytes in there, but the amount of caffeine that is in it. Given our conversations throughout the whole entire six months of this show, caffeine is a big topic for Francine (laughs) and I. But the amount of caffeine in this, I really had not researched and understood until I read this article. It is obscene. Even for you and I, it is obscene, the amount of caffeine in this.
0: Yeah, it's a lot. It's 200 milligrams. And it's, you know, we just had, so my son, <laughs> we were on our way to the lake a couple weeks ago. And, you know, I stopped at the convenience store to get a couple things on the way up there. And I grabbed a Mountain Dew for him and a double shot espresso for my daughter in law and a monster for myself. So while we're in the vehicle on the way up there, he's judging my monster. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't have coffee. Uh, in fact, I don't I don't drink much coffee at all anymore. I do drink like one monster a day, no more than that. And it typically lasts like all day. And sometimes I don't even drink the whole thing. Now this monster has like a hundred and, or 200, a hundred. I think it's like 240 milligrams of caffeine or no, is it 140 milligrams of caffeine? Yeah. Um, but- that and we started comparing about what was in each one of them, and I'm like, "But let's let's talk about the sugar that's in the Mountain Dew in addition to the caffeine,
1: because <laughs> there's no sugar in here." Right, 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 right. You're like, "Well, if you're going to judge me, why would I judge you?" <laughs>
0: and then we talked about, you know, that you know, compared the amount of caffeine that was in the, yeah, this is hundred, it's 140, and then we talked about the caffeine that was in the double shot espresso. And you know there is some difference. I didn't consider it to be that significant. That prime has like two hundred milligrams. Two hundred
1: milligrams. Two hundred milligrams. And
0: I don't know how big the can is. I didn't couldn't tell how big that can. How sixteen point
1: seven ounces. Or yeah. uh, sixteen point seven milligrams per ounce.
0: No, no, no. Can't be per ounce.
1: No. It's a, so a twelve ounce can of Prime Energy has two hundred milligrams of caffeine. Roughly the same as a six pack of Coca-Cola or two Red Bulls.
0: How many, how many ounces is a can?
1: 12 ounces.
0: So this is a 16 ounce can.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
0: So I didn't get that text message you sent me until like, I don't know, half an hour before we started doing this. Because my thought was, I need to go get a can of that just to try it. I mean, I'm a, I'm, I'm a healthy individual. <laughs> I thought, I should go get a can of this and just try it to see, just to see. Because I'm curious. Uh, thank God I didn't with the podcast. We've done them. <laughs> 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 Joe would have been like, "Good God, what am I supposed to do with these?"
1: Um, you would, you know, what you would look like is like last episode when you talked about your exploding your deer meat all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been like a a a physical version of you. You would have just exploded. <laughs>
0: I, I am curious to try it. However, one of my concerns is. You know, when the when the Red Bull first came out, they were doing in the bars. They were mixing Red Bull and alcohol. I think,
1: yeah, Red Bull and vodka.
0: Vodka. That was not a good thing. People were no. having like heart issues in, in the bars because you know it's it, it's a stimulant and a depressant. Your heart gets confused, doesn't know what how to do. do?
1: And I, I, I don't have, I don't want to talk about uh, too much experience or anything like that, but I can say that the hangover on those is.
0: I've never, I, that is not something I've ever done because first of all, I used to teach the classes on responsible alcohol management program. <laughs> yes. Me talking to you. I used to teach those classes. <laughs> To bartenders and to servers, it's like, look, this is why this isn't a good idea. These are the signs that you need to look for. And um, the stimulant and the depressant together is, uh, you know, you're a lot, you're just, this is a problem waiting to happen. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if they serve that anymore or how much of it. Oh yeah.
1: No, no, they still serve it.
0: It's just Uh, not a great idea. Just not a great idea.
1: I'll point them out next time we're at a conference because you could find you, you 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 could pick out the people that are doing Red Bull.
0: You know, I I just can't even imagine. And if somebody even unknowingly has like a heart condition, like yeah, not good, not at all. But yeah, I'm curious. I'm, I'm gonna buy one, just try, it, just to see. You know, what, just just curiosity. That's a lot of caffeine.
1: It's a lot of caffeine. So I mean, we talk about that all the time. I drink a lot of caffeine, right? But the diet sodas that I have are about. I don't know, fifty milligrams of caffeine. Eat so compared to the prime, I have a drip going, a, drip, a caffeine drip going throughout the day. You know, what would be nice would just be if I could just um, intravenously take caffeine, like just walk around with. Um, I've
0: said that to people before. Can I just get a caffeine drip?
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 like right into me. Like <laughs> your wife's a nurse. Can she hook us up? Right, right. That'd be awesome. Just walking around with our pole. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's more convenient than actually consuming it.
0: We're joking, but you know, this monster, I opened this, it's two o'clock Eastern time right now. I opened this at like nine 30 this morning. It's the same can.
1: So that's right. So it's a continuous drip for you as well.
0: Well, there's yeah. that much caffeine in it. It's lasted like five hours. So it's not I feel like that's different than, you know, drinking three of these a day, one right after another, 140 calories a piece.
1: Right. But you know what? The other thing too is if, okay, so I was talking about my kids working out and grabbing an, a prime drink or whatever. Well, if they're working out simultaneously and they're to, to, simultaneously to drinking 200 milligrams of caffeine within an hour, hour and a half, that's pushing the heart really hard in two yeah. different ways.
0: That, and that, I don't feel like that's a good idea.
1: No, that's not a good idea at all. No we
0: are looking like an explode exploding heart here. Again, your wife's yeah. A
1: nurse. <laughs> you yeah. Know,
0: ask her about that. <laughs> I was, you know, I was smelling a while ago when you were saying about, you know, you when you take the kids to these places, you stop by at the convenience store. I don't know, you saw the look on my face, I'm sure. Does that mean you stop at your pantry on the way out of the house? <laughs> Are you legitimately going to the
1: convenience store? No, no. We're going to a convenience store. But but that is a funny story. Like literally my uh, <laughs> daughter's friends in high school would come over to my house and just load up their pockets. And they <laughs> they would be like not even wanting really to do anything with my daughter They because we live like across the street from the school. Like all my kids go from preschool through 12th grade to the exact same school and we're catty-cornered to it. And so my daughter's friends would just stop by my house and like, yeah, we're going to go to 7-Eleven, but we decided to just stop by the house and pick up food. And they would just go to the pantry, grab like all different types of stuff. But no, no, actually going to the 7-Eleven for a trip.
0: That's why I was laughing. I'm thinking, so did they really go to the convenience store or are they stopping by the pantry on the way out the door?
1: No, I definitely do not have prime energy in my in my pantry. You know, and it's it's really we you got to really start looking deeper into these products that are created by influencers because there's a lot of them that are being they're coming out right now, and a lot of them are having different issues, well, a myriad of different issues.
0: And I think we've talked about this a little bit before. And we we before we started talking, you know, before we started recording, we were talking about you know different things with um, like the CBD and other. Other things. People assume that just because it's being sold, it's been approved by the FDA.
1: Oh, right. It hasn't.
0: It hasn't. It doesn't mean just because you can walk in the store and buy it, it's safe. My daughter and I talk about this frequently with the cosmetics industry. Just because you can put it on your face or you can ingest it or you know, the cosmetics industry is selling it doesn't mean that the FDA has necessarily approved it in many cases. Right. Haven't. Same things with food, just because you can go to the drugstore and even, even worse, people think because they can go in the pharmacy and buy it, you know, and it's like, you know, Delta eight is a, um, is Is a prime example. You can walk in and buy that, you know, you can buy all kinds of products on Amazon. It doesn't mean that the FDA has said, Hey, this is okay. But because they can order it, have it sent to their house. It's okay.
1: Quite the opposite. In fact, uh, Francine and I are talking about this now because we're talking about this for a future episode. One of the few times she and I talk about future episodes, (laughs) way in advance of actually doing it, but quite the opposite. The FDA is actually freaking out about Delta-8 and stuff like that. and That would be a CBD-derived, THC-derived product from hemp, um, which is regulated by – regulated, I say, quote-unquote, air quotes – through the farm bill by the USDA. So that farm bill comes up. It, it's written every five years. This year is the fifth year. There's been a whole lot of stuff that has come out over the last five years since that kind of loophole, I would say, has been opened. And uh th- I think the farm bill is going to change a lot. We'll we'll actually explain. I think we'll have an episode explaining all that that goes into it. Right. I think that's pretty intriguing. But yeah, and they're selling products right there. I mean, that kids can buy. Um, well, kids, adults. which I think it's way worse than 200 milligrams of caffeine.
0: Uh, right. Well, that stuff is a whole different, which again, it's an episode of topics, but the drink we were talking about falls into again, much lesser. I don't know though. Kids died. If you, if you read into that, kids got sick, kids died from issues from drinking, but yeah. heart issues and didn't know it. So, I mean, anytime somebody dies, whether it be the CBD THC or, you know, an energy drink, equal level in my
1: opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's right up there with like, I mean, it's different than a ephedrine, but it's similar type of thing. When you start getting that much caffeine uh, in a very short dose, it's not good. No. In a very short time, I should say, not a short dose. It's, it's When you're dosing it in like very quick, half hour, you're drinking 200 milligrams. Not good.
0: And a lot of parents aren't reading the labels and they don't understand what they're buying and they don't understand what the kids are drinking. And, you know, to them, it's just, that's oh, just another drink in a pretty can. And these kids are buying them and they're drinking a couple at a time, just like some, and I'm by no means being judgmental or criticizing, but some kids drink soda like that. So to them, it's just like, you know, drinking tea or drinking soda. And they're just giving these kids, these drinks, not realizing the levels of caffeine that are in them. Right. It's another caffeinated drink, you know, and before they know it, this kid's had like 600, 800 milligrams of caffeine in like an hour or two. And- Take that kid outside!
1: I again again the the deer explosion would be <laughs> uh,
0: That kid's bouncing off the walls, um, but yeah, I mean, I just can't even begin to imagine.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. So, so it'll be interesting to see. We'll have to follow this and see what uh, what actually happens.
0: Our government needs to, and I'm not. We don't need to live, you know, in a communistic society. That's not what I'm saying, but by God, they need to have some kind of control over the stuff that's being marketed and consumed a little bit more than what it seems like.
1: Yeah. I don't know about control, but definitely control over the framework, like putting boundaries around certain things. And I think that's what they really try to do. But like I said- Control might be too strong of a word, but there's there needs to be food food scientists are like mad scientists in in a lot of ways. And I, and i use that like as a good way, like I think food scientists are genius. And so I wouldn't want to constrain the ability for creativity for food science, but, but definitely putting a box of parameters around certain things like, you know, maybe X amount of caffeine per milliliter as a (laughs) maximum. would be a good thing. I don't know. But or an age limit? Yeah, that gets complicated though, right? Because I mean, it's 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 taken a very long time to really be consistent even with selling alcohol to 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 minors or cigarettes to to minors. And when you start it's 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 hard because where do you put that a prime energy drink, right? Do you put it behind the counter? Well, now you have that refrigerator behind the counter, do you lock it up or do you put it in Yeah, it's 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 hard because I get to train people what products can be bought by what age group and that's hard. can give
0: my fake ID to go buy a prime drink.
1: <laughs> you actually probably would have to show your ID. I don't have to. I'm 61 years old. I know, but you don't look 61 years old.
0: <laughs> can
1: I see your ID, please?
0: <laughs> I, mean, I give you your mother, your grandmother. <laughs>
1: Don't say that. You'll get in trouble, friends. <laughs> for saying I could be your grandmother? No, no. On the flip side, I got in trouble for that, for saying mom to you.
0: <laughs> you did.
1: <laughs> okay, okay. Story, but
0: yes, you did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so along with don't eat poop, maybe if you do drink prime energy, drink it responsibly. Yeah. And on that, don't eat poop. Stay away from the poop. All right, talk to you later.